come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polterguide, Kinsey. I'm your polterguide, Debbie. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Adrian. I'm a polter guest. <laughs> you got it! Yay! <laughs> What's your name? Ian. So we have polter guest Ian with us mm-hmm. today. <laughs> and we are discussing the 2005 film, The Descent. So let's, you know, let's just jump right into it. Did you like it? Did you not? Uh, also, right off the bat, we're going to probably hit spoiler territory pretty, pretty fast. So if you haven't seen it, just stop it. And then go and watch it. All right. So did you like it? Did you not like it? Had you seen it before? What- I did like it. I had I had not seen it before. But it, yeah, I liked it. I'm a fan. I, uh, I had not seen it before. I'm not entirely sure I'd heard about it before. I think I thought it was a demonic possession film. So I was... Uh, um i liked it i liked it very much actually yeah i was kind of surprised how much i liked it but yeah i liked it i suggested it and that's because i saw it in the theater and i really did enjoy it i like it asterisk (laughs) (laughs) um i saw this movie i don't know if i saw it in the theater or if i just saw the u.s version on tv or something but i thought that it was fine like it was, it was an okay movie, and then I saw the UK version, and I really, really loved it. <laughs> well, I I like this movie. I'd seen it before. I actually saw it in the theater, and I saw the US version first, and then this go around, we had watched the UK version. I knew that there was a difference. I knew one that existed. And yeah, I, I dig it any, you know, I've only seen this a handful of times. I haven't seen it a lot, but I'm never upset when I, I have to watch it. So yeah. It's solid. Yeah, it really is. Now, for those of you that don't know what The Descent is about, our good, good buddies at IMDb. Well, they, real quick, I think about when, when the Tomb Raider universe crosses with the Lord of the Rings universe. <laughs> <laughs> this is that movie that we were all hoping. This is what you, this is what you waited on, huh? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know I was hoping for it, but now I want it. <laughs> uh, well, they're going to disagree with you. No, no, I don't. I don't care what IMDb says. This is this entire movie is a morality play about the consequences of fucking your friend's husband. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's you know yeah. I really can't uh, argue with that one. I don't see any point in going to INDB at this point. <laughs> well, you know, there's still, you know, we still, we, we've got, we've got to do this. We've got to, for the audience, in case they don't want to go to IMDB, this is why. We've this got is- a format. We have to follow the format. I mean, between Debbie <laughs> and I, we have taken care of it. No, but- y'all, y'all have. I'm, and I'm, and I'm here for it. I'm not disagreeing with, with y'all's uh, summary. But- I think that by having Kinsey read IMDB, we're saving, uh, or we're keeping IMDb from getting hits. So we got oh, that. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. We're doing something, you know, we're doing our good in the world. But they say a caving expedition goes horribly wrong as the explorers become trapped and ultimately pursued by a strange breed of predators. Meh. I mean, it doesn't have the same pizzazz as y'all's did. I'm not, you know, I'm, but that's okay. All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's jump into it. What, uh, what do we want to talk about first? Why don't we start with the endings? Because I have a thing I want to say about the ending. Okay. So I had not seen this movie before. And um, my my dear, dear friend, Adrian, started talking about how there was a good ending and a bad ending, which I just didn't know about. And so then I relate it to my other good friends, uh, Kinsey and Debbie. And then a discussion ensued in which I finally figured out that there was a US ending and a UK ending. So when I sat down to watch it, I watched the uncut version, which I assumed was the UK version. Yep. That would make sense. Yeah. (laughs) So I watched it and I get to the ending and I'm like, okay, that's the good ending. All right. I wonder what the bad ending is. And then I went and looked up the bad ending and found out that I had watched the bad ending and the good ending I hadn't watched. So, so here we are spoilers. We are in spoilers. Oh yeah. Be perfectly clear. So 
I actually, because I thought I was watching the good ending, maybe, um, I was into the ending right up until one moment. And I will describe that in a moment. So Sarah goes through this entire arduous journey. Okay, man, is Sarah getting beat to shit every moment possible, right? Up to it, including finding out that her friend slept with her husband and killed her friend and, you know, all this other stuff. And then she finally gets out. And then there's this incredible rebirth moment as she's digging her way out of the cave. You know, there's her arms come out and her head comes out. And she takes this deep breath. I mean, it is very much uh, analogous to birth, right? So she gets out and I'm thinking, okay, she is reborn. She will now go on with her life and, and things will be cool. So she gets in the car, she drives, she drives, she drives, she drives. I had time to think, what would I do? Would I go find some cops? What would I do? And then she stops and all of a sudden the apparition of Juno appears, blah! And it just blew the whole wonderful rebirth moment for me. So if actually, if Juno had not reappeared right there, I would have actually really liked that ending. I would have been like, this is a remarkably hopeful ending. And it's analogous to the process of grief and analogous to depression where you can hit rock bottom and then re be reborn and live a new life. But I, I agree with all of that. And I think that you're absolutely right. The moment that I don't like that ending is when the apparition of Juno appears and the thing that saves it, saves the movie for me again in the UK version is the discovery that she's not out. Mm. Yeah, we talked about this because I don't know if we saw the right one or not, but I, when you saw her face with the blood, that was my impression was she was still down there in the blood. She'd hit her head. When she slid down, she didn't slide down to that area that lets her crawl back out and escape. She slid back down to where she started from. And when she woke up, she was still there and she's trapped in the caves. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the UK version. That's the version I like. And I think, yeah, it, it is just that Juno thing. Like, I have always had an issue with the horror trope of, like, the final scare. Like, the monster's not really dead or the blah, 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 or whatever. And they do, like, they use Juno for that in the US version ending. And I just, I don't know. I just don't love it. I, I feel like, I feel like the, the, the Juno apparition doesn't add anything to the theme of the movie. It doesn't it makes it so that the title doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's just, I don't like it. It, it, it takes, it, it takes away from it rather than adding anything to it to end on that scene. I definitely agree with that. I think, I think really just the difference between the two endings just shows you one like that final ring esque jump scare of Juno. Like, I mean, yeah, it is definitely a trope, but that is such a cliche, especially of like, early 2000 horror like doing that and it also just shows that they didn't think Am americans as gen in general and i'm so doing air quotes here gang <laughs> could could handle the bleak ending so it's like oh we'll just cut that last minute and a half like well, they they actually tested it with audiences and the audiences and american audiences didn't like the bleak <laughs> ending because we're idiots <laughs> but well, but here's the deal on those testing, they're pulling random folks off the street that aren't, to me, to me with a horror film, if you're going to do a testing like that, get real horror fans, not just like, hey, you're walking down Hollywood Boulevard. I know you're on vacation with your family from Des Moines. So let's, why don't you come and watch The Descent? You know, like, no. Well, and that. that's such the problem, isn't it? Like uh, we get, like with Blade Runner is a similar one where it has this very minor change in it. I won't say because I don't, this is not Blade Runner podcast. I don't want to <laughs> spoil it, but it has a 15 maybe second scene and then a, a elimination of a whole dialogue about narrating it by uh, um, Harrison Ford. And it changes the movie completely from happy ending to ending that makes you sit for about half an hour after the movie's over and just really think, right? Are Americans opposed to thinking? Is that what we're learning? Y yes, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I have some news for you, Ian. <laughs> I hate to ruin your day. Yeah, but you're not wrong, you know. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that is a, yeah, if you're going to watch it, I would definitely say get the unrated one. Yeah. Like I said, it's just, it's a minute and a half more, maybe. I think it's just a minute. Yeah. 
maybe <laughs> like which is just crazy to me <laughs> also the the uk ending which brings back in that imagery of the birthday cake in the dark room yeah it, oh, like it's yeah. just a really good bookend it, it, it like it feels nice to have that well with the candles slowly going out really i one were there six there were six candles right and there mm-hmm. were six there were six oh. people oh shit there were <laughs> right and we saw nice. that multiple times throughout the movie <laughs> right the and, yeah i didn't even pay attention to mm-hmm. maybe yeah. how many candles were being blown out each time yeah i want to have a different conversation all right we're done if we're done with that (laughs) no hold on i want to talk about this a little bit more because that like brings a whole nother level of like the theme of depression and like the the metaphor in this movie that's ah that's thank you so much for pointing that out that makes me so happy (laughs) well in 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 the beginning everything is blue they're shooting day for night with blue shades they have blue in the hospital when she's having delusions. And then as soon as they light that first flare in the uh, cave, it's red. And that seems to mark a transition. Yeah. From, and we do see eventually more reds in the form of blood, which is when Sarah has her transformation coming out of the blood pool. And she's now a beast. She is not a depressed woman she's got her own issues now that are maybe worse but she's now a woman that has just nothing left to lose you know she's already been told by beth the worst thing that could happen to you has already happened and so now she she's she's transformed which which somehow turned out to be a lie (laughs) yes (laughs) yes yeah okay um i i i don't I don't want to be misunderstood when I said this because the actor that played um, Juno was great. Juno was really good. I absolutely loved the way she walked that line between trying really hard to be a good friend and failing utterly. Um, Actually, she reminded me very much of the character of Shane from The Walking Dead. Um, mm. who really, really wanted to be a hero and just wasn't and kept failing at it. And if he would have just accepted who he was, everything would have been fine. Um, yeah. But my issue is that Juno is the only person of color in the whole damn movie. So the person that you really should not trust is the only person of color in the movie. Mm. And I wish either one of the good guys had been the only person of color in the movie or... I don't know, maybe more than one. This was 15 years ago, Donna. Don't you know that there <laughs> weren't that many people of color 15 years ago? They just didn't exist. <laughs> they were very rare. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we made them up. Yeah. <laughs> people of color, it just happened like within the past like five years. Like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. No, but okay. So you brought up uh, Juno. I want to just touch on casting a little bit. They purposely cast women with different accents so you would know who they were because you couldn't really tell because of the helmets and everything so every woman has a different accent i feel like the accent would be a lot more helpful if i were better at european accents whenever i was really really into watching like like there was a while where i was just watching a lot of british tv um particularly skins and when I was watching Skins all the time, I got to the point where I could identify, oh, this person has the same accent as Pandora. This is great. I don't know where that accent was from, but I could tell that it was the same. But since I stopped watching those TV shows all the time, I have since relost that ability. So to me, I was just like, oh, they're all like European accents. They could have thrown an Australian in there and I probably would not have been able to tell the difference i could tell that they all had accents that was something i was I, you know i was like okay i got that but no like like connor says i'm not good enough i got the irish i got the scottish and then after that i was like i don't know it's accents see i got the i got that there was there were two people that were either irish or scottish they might have both been irish or both been scottish I wasn't really sure. Also, uh, I was watching this, like, I'm so subtitle. Like, I, I spend a lot of time with subtitles. So um, there's that, too. Well, Holly mentioned, uh, uh, I think it was one of the base jumping or something in Galway. And this is just, I, I know this 
randomly. It's not something everyone would know, but I, I've been to Galway. And so that one I went, okay, she's Irish. But uh, you're right. Some of the accents were tough. I, I don't even know if Rebecca had a German accent. It just certainly wasn't British. One of them was Finnish. So that might have been Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah. But you're I right. I understand it's... the need for the helmets for the realism and everything, but it did make things difficult. Couldn't they have given them each different color helmets? I don't know how easily that would have read in the dark or how much that would have fucked up their visuals. I don't know, but or patterns. Just if you could have let me tell the helmets apart. So I just watched this movie called The Dead Ones, and there's this whole thing that happens where there are these four characters that wear these masks. And all the masks look different. However, even though I was writing down which character was in which mask, I was still consistently fucking confused about it. So I don't actually know if I'm just an idiot or like if that would have helped at all. There's we had reached the threshold for me to be able to remember characters' names, like yeah, like over four, six or is maybe a lot. At four is where I start, you know, saying, "Okay, I'll, I'll remember three people's names, and then I'm just going to remember faces or something." Um, well, and then they also did like the craft naming scheme, where all of the characters except for Juno had just very normal names, like Bonnie and Nancy and Sarah and Holly, and so I, I was like, "Probable lesbian with the short hair. That's that's who you are." <laughs> Sports fan, Connor. Sports fan. Uh, is, is that what we call it now, sports fan? That's, that's what we called it in Descent. <laughs> well, well, I'm a sports uh, fan. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. An interesting thing with Holly, she had two times when she said, don't touch me. And there was an early one. But then the other one was when she already was essentially dead. She was dying. And she said, don't touch me. And that was kind of interesting that that wasn't, that wasn't overt. It wasn't huge, but she seemed to have some sort of issue there that they were alluding to. I did like how each, like, like overall, it is Sarah's story that we're watching, but each of the characters did seem to be on the same journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, in something I was leading into this with some of the different picking apart, they're all female. And I, as the only male here, <laughs> I, I thought is that throughout the movie is that empowering or is there anything male gazy that takes place they saw that was super cool no i i think that's one of the things that makes me like this movie so much mm -hmm. is that um is that that doesn't happen like these are women who are doing these fairly unfeminine things but they're not at no point do they get objectified for it. We don't get any creep shots on them showing off their like Tomb Raider-esque outfits because they're not wearing them. They were wearing appropriate clothing. Yeah. Exception. Exception. The one exception was Juno, who yes. was wearing a sleeveless, low-cut vest. And I and I I didn't even really notice that because um initially it looked like well that's just a good thing to wear in a cave but there was one shot where she was kind of leaning forward hunched over and i was like wow boobs but even that wasn't a creep shot it was just the angle that that she was at i know the exact shot you're talking about and it was right after she had killed one of the the creatures with uh -huh. the axe and suddenly was kind of badass juno and, and I thought, because I'd read something, it says, well, there's a lot of water, there's a lot of wetness, there's a lot of, you know, and, and, but they were also grimy and they were also, there was not, I felt, and again, I, I don't have, you guys have the, the, the better view on this, but other than that, like you said, it wasn't trying to focus on that. I don't think at all. It's just some very tough women who I can't hold myself up by one arm to cross, you know, uh, yeah. do it just, they were all really skilled and powerful and, and handling a terrifying situation. Right well. from the very beginning. Um, there's really nothing less <laughs> sexy than a helmet. I mean, yes. helmets are not sexy and so the fact that they put these women in helmets yeah. i mean right off the bat is like okay we are we are not we're not going for the creep show here we're going for well yeah. creep show was the wrong term <laughs> we're not creep going shots. for the male gaze we're not going yeah. for the male gaze here um but yeah there was 
one man with a speaking part in the entire movie. And that's just not something you see. That is, who right. is this, that rare? This goes what? up and above beyond the Bechdel test. This, <laughs> yeah, really. well, and that was an intentional decision. Like the, the director decided that he wanted to make this uh, an all-female cast because that doesn't happen in horror movies very often. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, Ian mentioned the wet and the grime. And yeah, like that is prime territory for giving us... Uh, fan service with female characters and they didn't like there is no point at which these women looked more sexy than they did terrified or powerful or determined or hopeless and that is um an unfortunately incredibly rare thing i mean if juno hadn't been the bad guy i would have wanted to be juno because juno was a badass oh my god such a badass if you know yeah taking like a knife to part of her personality and just like taking that away man that's called a lobotomy and we don't do that anymore (laughs) well but can we talk about juno being the bad guy because um so let's if we can set aside the affair thing right if we can yeah. Because I don't know that it's 100%. That's what I thought when I heard it. I think there was an affair there when she says, uh, we both lost something. Mm-hmm. But Debbie and I talked and said, that's possible that could be, well, Debbie said, it's possible that they all lost Sarah because she wasn't the same. I agree. It's probably the affair, but setting that aside, she killed Beth. But if I was fighting creepy monsters that I've never experienced before and was terrified and and I just killed one and I thought I heard one behind me, I might swing and hit it too, right? And it turns out to be Beth. I do not blame her for killing Beth. I blame right. her for leaving Beth. Yeah, there's that's the big difference, I think, right there is that she left Beth. Because I do yeah. think Beth's death was an accident. Um, my My other example I will give for the affair angle is that th- there's an off there's a one off line that one of the women say uh, that Juno left real fast she didn't stay that long at the funeral like she uh, I mean and you can take that I mean yes you can take that a lot of ways but to me that also just adds that that other piece of evidence that yeah, yeah they had an affair I think that was the implication at the very beginning after the the kayaking um, and they've come up to shore. Sam goes up to Juno and very tenderly takes her helmet off. And then mm. Beth He's is, fussing over her. Yeah, he, I mean, he is, he is definitely, and he's not paying any attention to his wife. He's paying attention to Juno and very delicately taking that helmet off of her. Um, in fact, for a moment um, at that scene, I had a moment going, wait, I thought he was married to the blonde. And then- Same. Oh no, okay. he yeah. is married to the blonde. Hmm. Well, and the way that Juno looks at him, if they weren't having an affair, if the two of them were legitimately not having an affair, they had considered it. They wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, she's got a uh, a token of remembrance from Sam um, mm-hmm. that I don't, I don't remember what it said, but it was it was love each day. Love each day. I did not catch that that was from Sam. The love each yeah. day. Yeah, because Sarah says, you know, Sam always said this, you know, he said love each day. And she says it pretty early on in the Mm. film. So it's it's definitely a callback. Yeah, at the so so I was I guess confused um, about that because I I kind of missed like at the very beginning, I was like fiddling with some volume settings. And so I missed like what you were just talking about, um, Adrian, about um, Sam going up to Juno and them kind of having that moment at the very beginning. Um, and, and, you know, initially when, um, I don't know, there, something had happened and I was like, oh, Juno's having an affair with the husband. And, but then she said something that was, that kind of led me to believe she was more talking about, oh, she said like, uh, you know, we all lost something in that crash. And she was like, I just wanted us to come here and do this thing together. So it will be like it was before, you know? And so I was just, that's, that's kind of what made me think, okay, um, maybe she's just talking about you know, the, the, how the crash changed Sarah and how that would, you know, change how somebody is and would that would their friendship still be the same and, and things like that. So I think I missed some some details there that that would have led me to that, you know, to be more firm in that. Oh, yeah, that's that's an affair that's going on versus, you know, oh, it's just trying to get our friend back to normal or, you know, getting our friendships back. To, so. Well, I think it's something that can be read. 
I, you, I, I think it's maybe intentionally left open like that because I think about, um, you know, if, if the same thing happened to me and I'm using me as an example, because I have a six year old child, <laughs> um, if the same thing happened to me and I could be being really arrogant about my kid, but she's pretty fucking cool. And yeah. And, and so I could definitely see people being like, we all lost something in the crash because Leia is a fucking badass of a six-year-old. And uh, and I feel like people would be sad about her being gone. Christian's kind of offish, so it's whatever. Um, but, uh, but I could see people saying something similar about Leia because she's cool and she's adorbs. Listen, I, 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 I like your argument. My point is I don't consider Leia mine okay yeah that's the thing is like i i don't feel like you would have her to lose if if that happened there's a lot of things i would say expressing my grief over that happened but i wouldn't say i've lost her because i didn't didn't have her yeah so i could see like joan saying i lost her i could see other people say it would be a weird thing for you to say mm -hmm. but i could make an argument for it but i think i think ian was trying to talk about Juno, and then we all skittered off on the whether there was an affair. <laughs> no, no problem. Well, I will say because hitting, killing Beth, I think we can all agree is an accident. Yeah. Um, staying with her, even that, I could imagine if I'd just been faced with some sort of terror that I didn't know existed in the world, and I might fear that it's the, the only way I can survive is, is I got to get out of here. I could maybe forgive that. I don't know why she lies to everyone else, but even there, it might be that she thinks there's, we're lucky if any of us get out of here. So I may as well just not say it. It may have been a comforting lie. Right. Yeah. And so all these things lead up to, does she deserve the ax to the leg because of that? And I think the answer is no. And I don't think Sarah made the wrong choice either because she went off of based on what she knew, but does she deserve the ax to the left and the horrible death by monsters because she was cheating on husband, if that was the case. I, I think Juno is such a like an interesting character in this movie. I think that she she might be my favorite character because like well again, while the story seems to be mostly Sarah's journey, I feel like Juno is such a driving force in this and she's so complicated because like like Donna said, she has this idea of who she is that is not actually the person she is which causes basically yeah. every problem <laughs> yeah. remember remember how she fought for holly she fought like a wildcat for holly mm-hmm. i mean when when the when the creatures were trying to take holly juno fought for her so hard mm-hmm. um and, and she was the one that said i'm going back for sarah no matter what as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um, I will stick by Juno wanted to be a hero. I think that she's just not. I think that the best thing is a that is that is part of Juno's descent. The um, accidental betrayal of a friend is the physical embodiment. Like, like like the axing Beth is the physical embodiment of the thing that Juno does of the thing that Juno has done that started this movie. It's the cheating on, or it's the cheating with Sarah's husband. Like this is Juno's fatal flaw. This is her problem. This is her foil. This is what she does. And, and she can't handle the guilt of that. And that's why she leaves Beth. And that's why she lies about Beth because that's what she did when she cheated with Sam when she presumably cheated with Sam or wanted to cheat with Sam. And that's also what she did when she got them all into the cave is she made this bad call. It was an accident. Like it wasn't supposed to be this bad, but it was. And it's, I I think it's just the, 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 it's just a metaphor for that. There was a moment early on and I'm going to share with you a discovery I made about myself while watching this movie, which is that I will never spelunk. (laughs) belonging is is not for me um but i uh i had this moment early on where first i was like why is she leaving the guidebook in the car she is juno is too smart to make that stupid mistake and then me who has never been a spelunker um pretty early on was like 
That is not a level two. That is not a tourist <laughs> cave. You have to crawl through a tunnel. You have to crawl through the water. That is not a tourist cave. Uh, and then, of course, there's the reveal that, nah, man, this is an unexplored cave. Um, Which was interesting to me. Something I want to throw out for some ideas. The claustrophobia, and I'm not a claustrophobic person, but nevertheless, that level of it makes it tense throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And the first bits where you get them having to climb across the ceiling and do this really intense climb and set up. And then when Holly falls and breaks her leg and some of these other things, and this is far before we have any, I think there's maybe little hints, but anything to do with, there might be something other happening, right? Would this movie, it certainly would be different, but could you do this movie without the creatures at all and still have it be a good movie? I think you could because you still have that tension and I that's one that's another thing that I love about this film though is because you do have that shift halfway through cuz you think okay this is just a you know a friend trip that's gone horribly wrong and then it's like nope we we have <laughs> monsters no yeah. I think I think you could easily and then the first half of the film proves that you could have a very tense film of them trying to get out minus the monsters uh but speaking of the monsters just real just just a just a touch on them (laughs) real fast there's a goof at the at the beginning when they first get in the cave uh when they light the flare one of the guys in the production staff was on set so you see him Uh at the corner and so they basically went in and they fixed it so it's like you actually see the monster real early on you just don't realize that you're seeing him but yeah no, I think it, yeah, no, I think it does though. I think it, it works. I think it could work just being a friend, yeah. a, a trip gone wrong. And now the title, the descent, they're going down into the earth. Right. But, but, but really it's the descent into madness. Right. Absolutely. Uh, now I've never seen the movie deliverance, um, but this movie has a, a lot of, um, similarities to what i know about deliverance including the the river scene the banjo the banjo and yeah the appellations well and i liked how they kind of teased at it because they're british right at least most and they're they're making fun of all of that we're we're turning <laughs> off this shite this radio station you know i don't want to listen to it and i thought that was a fun poke at that yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, oh, and yeah. when they looked at the sign filled with bullet holes for the, it was the sign, and they're like, "That's frightening." That really was interesting to me because here, I, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm here in Utah. Every deer sign that's kind of out in the boonies is filled with bullet holes, and that's just, I just, that's the way it is. It's not. I don't know if that's the case <laughs> in Oklahoma, but and yes, I do consider it creepy in the sense I know these are kind of right-wing good old boy conservatives that are guns and all that but uh i don't think of it as oh that's frightening I think of it as that's okay yeah we're here this is part of life yeah i i roll my eyes at it yeah yeah i'm not um and that speaks to that this is a group of people that are more <laughs> mature than us as a people almost that's kind of a reversal of how i felt when i went to scotland i stepped off that plane and immediately i was just like there's no danger of anybody shooting me here like not that I'm afraid of that here, but I knew, you know, that over there they don't have guns. Uh, you, you know, I mean, just, you know, readily available to the public. You got to apply and get your, you know, approved and everything. And, you know, so so that was my experience going over there was like there there was, you know, a sense of a little bit more relaxation because that's not even like probably not even like in the wheelhouse of things that could happen to me over there. And then, so for them coming over here, I can see where that would be, you know, kind of the opposite. Like they see that and they're like, oh, that's frightening. Whereas we're just kind of like, oh, you know, this is <laughs> this area of pizza. And, yeah. I mean, that's in the news all the time is that, um, you know, a foreign exchange student got killed in a mass shooting and a, and foreign tourists got killed in a mass shooting. I mean, it's, right. it's got to be like a nightmare to come here. And face the possibility of being killed at any time. America. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to, to go back to the idea of, of could this movie be done without monsters? And I think that there are, a, like, I don't think this movie needed to be a creature feature. I, I mean, I don't think that it's bad for being a creature feature. I think it's totally fine. And I know that the director has talked about how he intentionally made sure that this was a colony of monsters. There are women, there are children. 
the, the this is not um this is not the same monster design over and over again this is like these these things live down there this is that's that's their home mm-hmm. but i think that you could have you this movie could have been done also as like a thing type movie some sort of infection i think that maybe it could even have been done with just um i don't think i would have liked it as much if it was just them being the monsters because i think that that might carry an unintentional message with all of the all of the rest of the metaphor happening in the movie um although maybe it could have been done well maybe it could have been a comment on how women are put in competition with each other or something but I think that this movie, like the whole setup and the way that it all works, really lends itself to not just the creature feature, but other types of horrors lurking mm-hmm. below. I like that. I, and I think that would, I think horrors lurking below, I think, you know, physical and metaphorical, I think that is what this film is. Like that, I think you just hit the nail on the head perfectly. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is all about like the stuff that we don't think about just like they're delving down into it and it's, 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 it, it can be ruinous. Well, and it's unlike a, a Jason or a Freddy or something where they're unstoppable. You can't beat them. They're going to kill you. They can fight these, these months. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and, and even calling the monsters. And I know that the, the director also said he made them make the clicking noises and have all the other things that are very creepy to make them seem killable instead of these are people we've invaded their home and are we the bad guys but he tried to make them scary enough that it's like no that's okay you can kill them they're they're, they're monsters who was the first to do violence because there, there was a very scary scene when they first encountered each other who hurt the other one first I kind of want it to be the humans hurt the monsters first, but I don't think that's true. I don't think, I think it was maybe the bite out of the neck of Holly, perhaps, mm-hmm. but, um, but then you can make the argument will, because Holly was wounded. So Holly was also their invaders. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're the trespassers. Yeah. And, and perhaps scary, you know, they could have been scary to them. All these loud noises, all these, and they're as big the fucking as flare. Like, these, yeah, are, these are cave dwellers. Yeah. They have poor vision anyway. Like, I mean, they, they can't see. So then you're yeah. lighting a flare. That's going to. So can I just throw out a few really quick yeah. so uh, that I think we'll go fast. These are Definitely. things that they do in films that why do they do these? And I think I have answers, but I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that a lot. <laughs> why do people always try to swallow pills? <laughs> She had, hey. she, she could get water. So like, I, I do that sometimes I do that and sometimes. I don't love it. Um, I don't, but I, don't I live in a house know. with other people and there are regularly no fucking cups clean. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I have like nine coffee mugs. Do I know where any of them are right now? No, I just had to go buy myself a new fucking coffee mug because they're just gone. Okay. Okay. So if you How- live with other people. Cups are just hard. <laughs> you just get used to it. Okay, why are keys always up in the window shade? I don't Dump know. That down. makes There's no fucking keys, sense. Right? That's somebody fucking bananas. Somebody could have stolen the Bronco on the way there, right? I don't know. I grew up with keys being up in the visor um, because, first of all, you're living in the country, or for me anyway, so I was living in that. the country. Um, so nobody was really out there uh, and you weren't worried about people stealing your car. Um, of course, not to say that, you know, if we drove into town, yeah. you know, we would not leave them in the visor or maybe you know i don't know maybe my parents did like you know in earlier years or something but um but it does happen i guess if juno knew we're we're at the wrong cave we're at the sneaky cave we're not (laughs) supposed to be at nobody's going to be here so we can do that Uh okay so finger bones they're not going to remain up in the air attached they're going to fall apart right because there's nothing connecting them anymore (laughs) there are ligaments attaching uh, um connecting them so it would kind of really depend on how long they had been there. Those ligaments are going to dry out and become fragile. So if it's new enough, it's not impossible. We would have that hand sticking out yeah. still as a hand. Okay. We yeah. would assume right. that if it was that new, there would still be a car. <laughs> yes, that's right. It was a human hand. That's true. Uh, unless they hiked in there. I don't know. Unless it's actually one of the dead crawlers. I guess that's true. They have similar physiology, far yeah. we can tell. Yeah, but. and we don't know what their burial practices are. Yeah. We they just invaded. We didn't do eat. any cultural yeah. studies. All right. Last one. 
that whole head snap thing, you know, where she snaps the neck of the guy. Does that really work? Why do they always show that? That does not seem like that would work. Yeah, it would. It works. Um, we have this tremendously important structure um, right here in this very thin stalk. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you did it hard enough and fast can, enough, can I absolutely about that a little bit because, like, I know Donna, you've probably seen it too, watching football. I've seen those guys be running at a clip and get their face mask pulled and their head is jerked like one eight, and they, you know, that doesn't happen. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, thank um, God it doesn't happen. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they're lucky. To... They're lucky it doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, they've it... got those neck supporters, right? Those yeah. those big cone, or not cone, but those big circle mm -hmm. things. Well, that's me having all my questions answered, actually, that apparently they are uh, believable, at least. So I still don't get the keys in the car. I have, I have gone out to many and abandoned places and never thought to leave my keys in the car i suppose that maybe okay so here's here's my stretching to get here i don't go spelunking at all so maybe if i was going into a place where i knew i'd be crawling around and going through tight squeezes and maybe fucking swimming or something i might be like we can't take the keys partly because my key is one of the beep beep like it needs that electronic component and i don't know what would happen if i broke that <laughs> i i do i took one in my pocket as we went into these things they have here called slot caves or slot canyons where they fill up with water and we were wading through the water and i forgot i had that key in it and when we came back to the car the car uh did the alarm and we could not get the alarm to stop for 30 minutes so wow. so as you said that is probably makes sense that you wouldn't keep the key with you in the because you're it's much worse to lose it in the cave than to lose it in the car yeah like yeah um mine doesn't have my car doesn't have an alarm i just think i wouldn't be able to get back into it yeah <laughs> i tell you what i what i might do adrian and i have the same car and um there actually is a mechanical key that you can take out of that key phone mm -hmm. but it only unlocks the door okay well, okay, so I would take that mechanical key out, leave the keys in the car, lock the car, and then I would have that metal key with me. You know, I've never tried that. I know that I cannot lock the car doors with, like, like the car literally will not let me lock the door in any electronic way if my fob is in the car. I've never tried to lock it manually with the key. Okay. I have, however, lost the fob and only had the key part and been completely unable to start my car because despite the fact that there is a key slot it is a slot for me to put the fob into at which in case the car the the, the battery within the fob dies and it does i don't know something fucking magic yeah mine does the same thing to make the car go <laughs> speaking of the cars so there's the two cars and i didn't i wish i'd paid closer attention who was in them and who owned them i think that the Bronco maybe was Holly's or was it Juno's? I thought it was Juno. I thought it was Juno's because she let Sarah drive it and just kind of tore ass through. <laughs> yeah. So that makes sense. They've got the tough car for what you're... The other one was a because BMW. Because they're sports fans. Right? The other one's a BMW. So does that tell us... Does that tell us that some of these people maybe should not be along? They all seemed pretty competent, but on the other yeah. hand, some are a little, you know, maybe not quite as much as the other. Yeah, I think some of them are a lot more like Holly uh, lives the adrenaline junkie life. Yeah. Um, and one of them's an English teacher. So. Right. And Rebecca and Juno, we can see both of them can do that really tough climbing on their, you know, going ahead. But the mm -hmm. others were had to come across after. And yeah. is that... Uh, like just terribly negligent on Juno's part to do this. We're going to go do this secret cave. Yes, yeah. it is. Absolutely. It is. That was, that was careless. Bad decision. That was a bad decision. <laughs> I mean, even if it had worked out fine, it was still a bad. Yeah. There was definitely some questionable things. <laughs> with that. Yeah. Juno lying to them about where they were is just that's top shelf, bad plan, like bad, poor judgment. I mean, Safety procedures are in place for a reason. File a flight plan, okay? Tell people where you're going to be, and then be there. Mm -hmm. well, I really love that they, they talked about filing the flight plan. It was for the wrong place, but I love that they mentioned that. There's a few others where they mentioned the safety measures that they yeah. 
tried to, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and made those all pointless. Well, that's but the thing. They, you know, screwed them. Yeah. Yes. They made, they, they did what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. They, it's just Juno's negligence. Is, Juno fucked him. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Do we have anything else before we start going into rule, poll, and quote? I could have done with fewer jump scares. I did not need all the jump scares. <laughs> I, I definitely think that's something that movies have sort of gone away from. Like when I see a jump scare in a trailer or something now, I'm like, I, I ge- pretty generally speaking, I'm like, oh, that's not a movie that needs my immediate attention. Actually, I want to, I, I have one thing I want to say, um, and it was way back at the beginning of the movie, but if you wake up in a hospital, don't yank your IV out. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh Donna, don't do that. Donna, I thought of you. I mean, those things are on a pole with wheels, okay? You could leave the IV in and take the pole with wheels with you. <laughs> well, I'll just throw out my one super nerdy thing that I had to look up and do the math behind before we get into the next part, which is they dropped that rock, right? It was about six seconds until it hit the ground. That means it's about 600 feet down. And that does seem a little scary. <laughs> I mean, obviously they tell us it's scary just by, you know, it's a long time, but my, my dumb nerd brain had to figure out exactly how far that was. Down. That seemed like eternity when you're watching the movie. Like that seemed like way more than six seconds. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have our quote, which is, I'm an English teacher, not a, not fucking Tomb Raider. <laughs> which, Yeah. I, I had forgotten about that line, so it made me laugh. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, um, not a spelunker. <laughs> uh, I also have our rule, which we had kind of touched on it earlier, but it's stick to the flight plan. Whenever mm-hmm. I used to go on our, whenever I, my, my, my group of friends at the time and I would go on our little uh, paranormal expeditions or into um, our little urban exploration going into abandoned buildings and stuff we basically always like somebody always knew where we were not like anybody official because that's we were trespassing (laughs) um but like but yeah like you know somebody who wasn't with us always got a text or a phone call or something to be like hey this is where we're going um if we're not back by dark uh avenge (laughs) us bury us at makeout creek (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that's the whole thing is that just let somebody know where you're at. You know, I'm not even saying, you know, like what you did, that's perfect. Somebody knows, okay, they're not back by this time. All right, now I know I need to be working. Yeah, I mean, and that like, I, I think even if Juno, I mean, I don't think it would have saved them because I don't know that there's much to have been done in their case necessarily. Uh, but even if Juno had told somebody on the side, hey, this is where we're going to be. She didn't even have to say, I'm lying to all of them. Just like a casual comment to a friend of like, hey, we're going to this place. So if I haven't called you by this evening, then I don't know, maybe look for me. There was several years ago, I was, I had done some sort of like, it wasn't Craigslist. I don't remember where I met this person, but I had done like a trade um, with this person online. And then I was going to their house to pick up the, the thing that I had trade for. And the further I'm going and going and going, um, the, f- the further into the boonies we go, the more I started thinking, nobody knows where I am. I didn't tell anybody I was coming out here. And as I was pulling into the driveway, I picked up my phone and I called a friend of mine um, just so that my cell phone would ding a cell phone tower. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, I mean, you got to plan for your murder, man. Yeah. And then, and then on the way out, I was like, okay, if you really thought you were going to get murdered, why did you come here? <laughs> well, that's funny you mentioned that. And I don't know if it was you that I texted Debbie or if it was uh, our friend Sean, but I had to go out to uh, outside of Owasso to pick up this this canvas print for Billy and so I'm like hey this is the address I'm going to this is the time I'm supposed to be there to meet this person if you don't hear from me (laughs) you know where I'm at because I it was a Christmas or birthday present or some kind of present for him so I didn't tell him but I can't remember if it was you Debbie or if it was Sean that I'm like here is everywhere I'm going the specific time I'm at this is his address this is his details so 
the upshot here is that we're all smarter than Juno. <laughs> yes. I, I yeah. Like, like sometimes okay. I do not even think about, oh, I should tell somebody where I'm going or who I'm with or like, it just doesn't cross my mind. So I, I, I don't know if that's just because I don't feel like anything bad would happen or, or I feel like I can care of myself. Like, so I just don't think about it. I don't know. Well, having been raised <laughs> on horror movies and watching them for my entire life, uh, I am also a big fan of text me when you get home. Let me know you made it. <laughs> I also, if I'm like dropping somebody off at their house, I don't leave until they get into the house mm-hmm. because I remember all the times that I got up to my porch and then realized I don't have my fucking keys. Mm-hmm. And now I either have to like sit on my porch and pray or like go trudging around <laughs> my scary ass backyard, hoping to find something unlocked. Uh, but yeah, so I just, I, I, I wait for people to get inside I try to have people text me when they get home because because uh, I know what happens. Same. In the dark. Well, and I was not raised on horror movies. I'm a horror movie newbie, but I think I know one of the tropes and it is the last girl, right? The last the girl. The final girl. Yep. The final girl. We had that in this movie. We do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too, because uh, you usually get final girls in teenage movies but uh, these are these are full on adults with adult problems, which is also an interesting thing. I don't yeah. feel like you get a lot of horror movies that are centered around adult problems. Now mm-hmm. that I'm thinking about it, you really don't. <clears throat> but this is all adult problems. Yeah, it is. Good point. Yeah. All right, Donna, you have our poll question. Um, my poll question has to do with Juno. Uh, what would you have done in those final moments? with juno i don't know that murder would have been my thing um i feel like and like a part of this is i don't want to be alone in a scary situation like be i i i think i would legitimately stop functioning if i were alone in that situation because i i think i have that the 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 mom anxiety override which is if somebody else is also scared my brain is like we don't need to be scared. We need to protect this person. And then I can like jump into good crisis mode. But if I'm by myself and there's nothing and, and the only thing on the line is me, then my brain is just blue screen of death, glitch mode, cannot function any longer. Um, so I don't think I would have murdered Juno because that would have been the way that I die as well. Um, I, I can I can get out of, I feel pretty confident that I could get out of the cave with her and then never fucking speak to her again and be angry at her for the rest of our lives and beyond. I would haunt her with anger. <laughs> I also think I would have reacted harder at the beginning. Like, I think there would have been a physical confrontation between me and her the moment that I found out that she had lied and we were now fucking stuck in this cave with no idea how to get out because caves are fucking scary and I've read a lot about them because at one point I did think, hey, maybe spelunking would be a fun hobby. <laughs> um, and then I read about them and I was like, oh no, I'm not looking to get eaten by the earth. That's <laughs> fine. Um, so as soon as I found out that we didn't know how to get out of the system, uh, there would have been something bigger than just that argument. I don't think I would have uh, done the axe to the leg. I think at that point, you could argue it's the whole, well, I just have to run faster than the creature. I don't have to run faster than the creature, just have to run faster than her. But I think I would have rather, because at that point when they were fighting, they were really kicking some ass. I would have wanted her along with me, even if I hated her, even if I would like to have seen her dead, fight my way out with her, get out, and then decide. And like you say, maybe at that point you disown her, but I don't think I would have. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know what I would do, to be very honest with you, because I can tell you right now, the moment I found out Juno lied and endangered myself and my friends, I would have been fucking pissed. That's the thing, I I feel like there would have been a bigger thing at the argument. Yeah, and I'm also petty enough and vindictive enough that I I hold things in, like, I remember, it's like, oh, you did that to me in this time, so I, I don't know, like... I don't know if I would have like done the leg thing, but I may have taken a turn and left her ass. I I don't know at all. So I can't, (laughs) I can't say. I think that leaving her is different than axing her in the leg. Like if we're running and then she's not behind me anymore, like, I don't know, man. I don't know that I could bring myself to go back for her. I think again, being alone makes my brain go. Yeah. I think uh, in that moment, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, 
like, I don't think I could make the conscious decision to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna fuck you over right now. Um, and like, I don't know, I just don't think I could take a human life that way, like regardless of and done. Yeah. Um, because, you know, at that point we, we would both be quote unquote in it together. We, you have these creatures descending on you multiples, you know, and it's just about like survival at that point, you know, and like, not to say that I would, you know, put myself in danger to, I don't know, maybe I would still do that even, I mean, just to get us both out of there. And then, you know, like you said, you can disown them at that point or, you know, just go on your separate ways or whatever, but you can um, fucking leave her and take the car. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I'm just like, I, I would think I would want both of us to get to safety and then our lives just play out however they play out. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't act somebody in the leg. And, uh, you know, I guess my set, my secondary thought is I wouldn't do it at least for survival purposes because like, she didn't really know how close she was to getting out of that cave, you know, at that point, I don't think. Um, so how, how was she sure that she wouldn't actually need Juno to help her get out? You know, she could have fucked herself over, you know, in the end, uh, if she hadn't gotten out for, you know, after killing her friend, ex-friend, whatever. Um, right. Well, and if we take that alternate kind of ending, uh, where we can presume she fell back down and is actually still in the cave and didn't make it out, then yeah, it would, she wouldn't have been that close to, to escaping. I, uh, I'm a big believer in the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, so mm. I think I think Ian and, and Debs both touched on this, uh, that Juno with me is an asset, right? Um, Juno with me increases my chance mm. of, of survival. Um, and also, I'm a big fan of verbal revenge. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not really a violent person. Um, there was this... This is a deeply, deeply embarrassing and possibly TMI story. Um, I'm so excited. This, there was this guy that I, you know, fooled around with. And then because I'm an idiot after, stick with me now, after was having this long conversation where I decided to tell him about the time I was afraid somebody else had given me herpes. Now, it hadn't happened, but it had been something that scared me very much. Well, I mean, it wasn't 12 hours before every single one of our mutual friends heard I had herpes. And I was furious. So time passes, time passes, time passes. And we were at a party and this same asshole came up to me and started coming on to me. <laughs> Did he and, not remember who you were? Oh, no. He remembered who I was. Um, so I went along with it. Man, you would have thought I was so into it. And we're going along, we're going along, we're going along. And it's been like two hours. And we're in the middle of the room. I mean, there's like 20 people around when he suggests that we get out of there and go back to his place. And then I said, in the loudest voice I can muster, and some of y'all will know, I can be loud. I said, man, I don't know, Russell. The last time I went home with you, I got herpes. <laughs> <laughs> nice and, uh, i adore you walked away <laughs> but boy let me tell you he did not have time to pick up anyone else <laughs> no you took up his whole night that's so perfect <laughs> so that is the kind of revenge i like so juno and i would absolutely have stuck together until mm. we were safe and then i would ruin her <laughs> <laughs> well, I did just have a thought while Debbie was talking, and that was the one thing I didn't really consider here was how much does Sarah trust Juno and in what way? Because as a viewer of the movie, mm. I would I trust Juno to help get me out of the cave. But as somebody in the situation, Juno has said something that's made everybody think that she was sleeping with with my husband. Um, she did not say anything to try to clarify or walk that back. She lied about where we were. She killed Beth. We don't like, like all Beth said to Sarah was Juno did this, right? Yeah. yeah. Beth, Beth did not clarify it was an accident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it is actually entirely possible that Sarah doesn't trust Juno, that Sarah believes Juno is malicious at this point which is something that I didn't consider until Debbie was talking. Because as a viewer, we know things that Sarah doesn't. 
And she's got the blood rage from literally having been soaked in blood. Yeah. She comes out of that and she's just a different person. Yeah. So if I if I could not trust Juno to to not do whatever the fuck she did to Beth. And at this point, I think that Sarah maybe has a lot of reasons to to not trust Juno in that way. Um, that might change my math. I still don't know that I am a mur- like, like that I could kill somebody. Um, I've never done it. Um, <laughs> ideally, I make it to my death without ever having found out if I'm capable of murder. But right now, I feel like I'm probably not. Oh, that's it. I was like, I'm really considering now, like, if I really thought that my life would be in danger if I left her alive, you know, I, you know, and even then I'm kind of like, well, maybe I would just let her go first. Of course, the things are behind, man, God, yeah. I don't know. Like, if you're going first, see, I honor. Yeah, that's the thing is like, it just, it, 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 it does become some weird match because like, I have legitimately never been in a situation like that. All I can do is think about how I would feel and... I feel like, I mean, like, I'm not a gun owner because I feel very strongly that in any situation in which I have a gun, I would not do anything of value with that gun. I would not shoot somebody. And therefore, me having a gun would quickly become the person that I don't want to have a gun having the gun. And so I feel that way in this situation, too. Like, I just, I don't know. I I don't feel like I could kill her. But maybe that's not true. Maybe if I were there, I would suddenly be like, oh, no, man, like, actually, turns out I'm really good at this, but I don't know. <laughs> we can determine this is that we all go spelunking together. <laughs> we can find out. <laughs> okay. But somebody needs to sleep with Billy or Christian first. <laughs> not it. Not, not gonna. <laughs> nope. Not gonna do it. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> Uh, well, as the as the main person of color, as the only one that even looks like they're of color, Kinsey, it's on you. You got to sleep with Christian. <laughs> or Billy. Well, I already do that, so. <laughs> <laughs> also, you need to become a liar very quickly. Can you do that? Sadly, probably so. I can probably. <laughs> Listen, if Kinsey ever decides to go dark, we're all screwed. No. <laughs> I feel like that's true, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Because I think Kinsey's got skills. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you guys are not the first person that has said that. So, <laughs> all right. Do we have anything else before we uh, we wrap this up? I really like this movie, guys. Yeah, I like yeah. it a lot. If you if you haven't seen it, you should watch it for sure. Mm-hmm. Little tangential thing. I like the part where she was figuring out where they would go with the uh, the the lighter. The lighter. And that that was interesting to me. I have never had experience with that. My dad and, and uncle used to be spelunked and they, they did some of that stuff. They actually did it when you had um, calcium carbide that lit on, you know, it reacted with water and would burn. So instead of the, the electric lamps, but I used to ski a lot and we did avalanche training. And if you get in an avalanche and you're underneath all the snow, it's hard to tell which way's up or down. You get disoriented. And like she knew how to use that uh, lighter, we learned the quick way to figure out which way is up or down if you're underneath all of the snow, which is you spit <laughs> and the spit will go down. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, so I thought that was cool that they showed a few of these little things that they knew uh, that added on to the whole. A lot of these people are, are really exceptional cavers it's just they did that big big mistake juno made that horrible decision that was the problem Mm -hmm. actually you know what that is a characteristic of tragedies Mm. is somebody makes a bad decision yeah as soon as that decision is made everything else is inevitable so Mm -hmm. so that's this is a tragedy you guys there you go well it I, i feel like one of the things that makes this movie work is that all of the decisions make sense Mm-hmm. even when they're bad it's like 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 you know that's one of the reasons that i love pet cemetery and that carry that that's that's true in this movie too like and this also has like one of the things that i hate the most that is this that's so scary to me is when people are just trying to have a good time and shit goes real bad like when people go to like an amusement park and get their feet cut off because a of ride malfunctions <laughs> or like the roller coaster goes out of control or, you know, whatever, like those stories of, of people just doing a thing that's fun. And, uh, and then 
being horribly maimed or dying or whatever are the worst. And, and this is that, you know, like Juno just wants her friends back. She just wants to find something. She just wants a great moment. Every decision, whether it was bad or good, was logic. It yeah. didn't seem to come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate your support. Also, thank you to our poltergeist, Ian. Yay! Hey. Thank you. Oh, Ian, tell us about your Instagram. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's not my Instagram. It is my hedgehog's Instagram. You guys, his, his hedgehog <laughs> is the best. <laughs> his name's Bertrand Danger Snufflebottom. And if you want to follow him on Instagram, it's at Bertrand underscore D underscore Snufflebottom. Snufflebottom. <laughs> Do it. It is worth it. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, of course, we do have our Twitter page, which is at Beyond Cabin. Our Instagram is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. And Facebook is the same thing, as well as our webpage is BeyondTheCabinInTheWoods.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, I am on Twitter and Instagram as at Calista77. Donna, where can they find you if they want to follow you on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram as uh, Donna underscore Leahy. That's L-E-A-H-E-Y. And my Twitter handle is changing because of reason. Uh, but if you go to my old Twitter handle at SoonerDVM, it will link you to whatever my current Twitter handle is. So um, that's me. Debbie. Uh, well, I run the Instagram for Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, so just hit me up there. That's the handle. Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> well, that's easy. <laughs> Adrian. Um, I, first off, I want to say that Ian earlier at the but like right before we started recording said, "Hold on, I need to go get something," and then he left. And when he came back, the something was Bertrand, <laughs> and. It was just so great. It was so casual. Like I thought he was going to go get a cup of coffee and he returned with a hedgehog. <laughs> and that is just the highlight of my entire week right now. Um, but you can follow me on Instagram at Saint of Unicorns. That's Saint spelled out like the word. And I am on um, Twitter at, at Junkyard Poet. All right. We're also part of the Gumby Cat Network. So go ahead, take take a peek at them. They've got a lot of fantastic stuff to listen to. And as always, thank you so much, Billy, for being our wonderful editor and making us thank sound you, fan- Billy. fantastic. You. Taking out my dogs, making all their dog noises. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everybody. Don't read the Latin. Text your friends when you get home. Do you know what horror is? Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.